You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. And for those that are watching on video or even Instagram Live, because we're representing on Instagram Live today, because the Discord was down and I could sense the community. I I, I mocked that Discord was down. So what are we going to do with all, you know, I I don't have chaotic notification uh, noise going on. And, you know, I like to look, think of Discord as a necessary evil. And I saw so many of the amazing people in the community saying that they were going to have withdrawals. And I said, why don't we go live on IG Live while we're broadcasting uh, today, while I'm recording today's uh, podcast episode, which is for tomorrow. But hey, I digress. And for those that are watching on video, I'm actually wearing a Shaquille O'Neal Orlando Magic jersey. It's a throwback basketball jersey for those that are curious. And the reason is, is um, first off, I'm kind of scared just based on the title of this episode, I don't want Shaquille O'Neal to hate me. Uh, I've only met him once. I got to shake his hand once. Uh, we both spoke at the same event, uh, but unfortunately, he spoke the day before I did, so I was only able to you know meet him in passing. Um, talking about a dream guest, you know. So if anyone is um, with the Astros team or the Solana launch um, that is happening that uh, Shaquille O'Neal is partnered with on March 9th, and you want to come on the podcast, we can record it anytime, any anywhere if you want to get Shaquille O'Neal on here we'll record it on Twitter spaces we'll do whatever you want but I want to use Shaq as an example and at first I was going to say don't don't do like Shaquille O'Neal take this advice but Shaq actually learned from the first launch which to be clear was super successful 100% for donations and the end result um, ended up you know being amazing right so we still want to be amazing like Shaquille O'Neal but the, his newest launch, the one he's collaborating with now um, with the founders of Astrals, is completely different. And I'm going to explain the differences. And here's the truth. I know a lot of you are authors, you're, you're public speakers like myself, maybe you're a uh, you know, celebrity, maybe you're an influencer, maybe you're an up-and-coming creator, and you want to launch your own NFT because you're like, there's money here, it seems trendy, but you're like stuck in this like... Well, I don't know what to do, but I can't wait too long because the money's there and you kind of get excited. And here's what happened. And I want to pull this up because I think it's important. Let's just set the groundwork here. Shaquille O'Neal, who might be one of, you know, the most, like, you don't even have to like basketball to like, to know Shaquille O'Neal, right? He's, he's, and and he actually goes by Dr. Shaquille O'Neal because he went back and got his, um, his uh, ED from uh, school. Uh, He's been a sheriff before. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He's a comedian. He dances. He is a great humanitarian. Um, I love how he uses his platforms Uh, and he's a bleeding edge. um, And more, more so than anything else, here's the, here's the coolest craziest part is actually Shaq embodies 
one of the things that I take the most pride in with myself and like Shaquille and I don't have a lot of things in common. You know, he's like a shoe size 23. I'm a nine and a half. He's seven foot one. I'm five, nine and like three quarters. Cause I need that three quarters, especially on like the dating apps. Like a lot of girls block off people that are shorter than five, nine. Uh, but I digress on that. Um, but you know, the thing that Shaquille is like myself is he is multi hyphenated or multi-passionate. And I will say his most recent tweet made me smile. I mean, it brought, it brought a big smile to my face because he shared one of my favorite things to share. And it's the jack of all trades is a masters of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Because the weird part about that is the, the niche down folks, the find one thing and be good at folks, the people that are telling us that we can't multitask, that we have to do one thing and one thing great, um, don't like the, the end of that quote, so they just made it fit for them. They're like a jack of all trades, a master of none. And I was called that my entire career, my entire life. Like, Brian, like, pick something, niche down. So kudos to Shaq on, uh, on putting that out to the world. Uh, I'm going to give it a retweet, but I don't think he cares that I retweeted it. But... Here's the, here's the context. Shaq has 23.3 million, let's put it with a million, followers on Instagram. He has 15.6 million followers on Twitter. Facebook, he has actually even more than both of those. So let's just kind of round it up. So he has 50 million, 50 million with an M, 50 million amazing uh, you know, followers on social media. He is one of the biggest brand names, human beings in the world. And guess what happened on his launch of his NFT, his very first NFT on December 22nd? It did not sell out. Is this thing on? Shaquille O'Neal, 50 million followers, dropped an NFT on December 22nd and it didn't sell out. But guess what? I bought 10 of them because I'm a Shaquille O'Neal fan. And I love the project. 100% of the proceeds went to the Shaq Foundation, working to instill hope and bring about change in communities, collectively ship, uh, sh- you know, uh, shaping a brighter future for children. It was also making sure that bringing book bags and, and school supplies to the youth. And when I heard him talk about it, he loves that it's the blockchain because he was making sure that people were aware that the reason that he was excited about this NFT was that people always worry, they always wonder like, oh, Shaq, are you doing a money grab? Or Shaq, how much of that money actually goes to your foundation versus just goes um, to pay your overhead of all of your employees? And what Shaq said very clearly, which really got me excited about this project, was he said, everything's going to be on the blockchain. Every donation that we make, every transaction that we make, 100% of these proceeds are going to go directly to this foundation, and I'm going to let you prove it because we're going to share it transparently. And I was like, well, hot damn. There's the use case for NFTs, right? We are going to, we are going to eliminate that FUD, that fluff, that fact that, that there's a shame that people, you know, take donations and only 10% go to the cause and, and 90% end up going, um, to like overhead and, and the lot costs. And all of a sudden they, all these charities have too many locations and thousands of employees, but the people that, that need the money and the resources aren't getting it. And so Shaquille O'Neal was using this, the blockchain and NFTs correctly. But let me go back to this point. 50 million 
plus followers on social media, and he did not sell out a 10,000 PFP collection. And now your question you might be asking was, oh, is it a lot of money to mint? Now, I, I'm going to pull up the exact, um, the exact want, uh, price of the mint, but I believe if I, because we minted it for our collection, um, I believe if, it was, if I was correct, I believe it was uh, 0.3 um, ETH, which, 0.03 ETH, which is very low, very low, especially in today's standards. Um, it was a rather low uh, mint uh, price, and you can mint up to 10. So the question now becomes, why am I telling you not to be like Shaquille O'Neal, not like Shaq, like my favorite basketball player? Like, Brian, I- I'm literally telling you, it is a perfect use case for NFTs. It is a, um, a, an amazing human that wants to do good in the world. But here's what Shaquille O'Neal did not take into account, and it's what every person that I believe is going to launch an NFT soon that are in my circle of speakers and authors are going to do. They are going to overlook the importance of educating your audience over a period of time to have them understand the nuances of NFTs. Because guess what I did on the day that this project launched? I shared it on Twitter. I jumped on his Instagram because I wanted to get noticed by Shaquille O'Neal. I'm a fan. Like, what, what can I say? I'm a fan. And I'm noticing, like, and I, like, I sold 10, and I, and I told some friends, like, go buy them before, you know, it sells out. It's a great cause. And I was looking in the comment section on Instagram and on Nifty Gateway, and I was looking in the comment section on his tweets, and almost all of the comments were, well, what is this NFT thing? How do I get it into my wallet? What is a wallet? Do I need a bank account? How do I pay with my credit card? What does it give me access to? Shaquille O'Neal, like, when do I get, why is all of the art the same on OpenSea? Why can't I see it if I, I purchase one? I was going to purchase 10, but I only see one. Shaquille O'Neal, 50 million followers on Instagram, 50, or 50 million followers on social, plus 50 million plus. The, it, the, here's the thing, that in the, for an NFT to make sense, even if you have a vibrant off, uh, you know, audience, you have a massively good use case, you have, I mean, let's face it, none of us have that exposure and visibility that Shaquille O'Neal has, but I can guarantee you, we are going to make the assumption, Brian, my community, they're smart, they're innovative. My community buys from me. They buy my mastermind. They buy my book. Here's the thing. NFTs are different than when we buy something like traditionally. When you're, someone's buying a book, like when you're buying a book, your favorite book from you know, maybe one of your favorite authors. Like when I, uh, I'll give a shout out. Uh, let's see, which book I want to shout out? Uh, Brant Menzoir, a good friend of mine, he wrote a book uh, called Black Sheep, which is about you know, putting your values out to the world. Now, when you're buying a book, do you ask yourself, hey, author, what's the utility on this book? What is the investment? After I'm done reading this book, what is the uh, amount I can resell this book for? Um, hey, author, um, how much of this book are you actually going to make sure that I can deliver on? Um, hey, author, um, is this book actually giving me action tips or a bunch of business fluff like most business books like we don't ask that because it is a different there is a difference between buying a product and service and understanding like this investment world of nfts and part of that is not only the education on the blocking and tackling because people will tell me well brian that all we have to do is teach them a wallet teach them what website is and how to get crypto Mm, no 
because we also have to teach them about like this idea because when we are buying NFTs and when anyone is buying NFTs, for the most part, people aren't buying the NFT as if, hey, I buy this and that money is now gone because we have welcomed and entered people into this mindset and this approach to understand that NFTs are more than the art. They are more than just buying a collectible. I mean, I have... I probably have, I don't know, 200 Shaquille O'Neal basketball cards. Uh, I do have two of his rookie cards. I mean, that's how big of a fan I am. And when I bought those rookie cards, I, didn't, I, I bought them for whatever they were whenever he was playing for the Magic. You know, and, I, and then I, w- I was in Phoenix, Arizona when he played for the, uh, the, the Phoenix Suns. I got to see him in person a couple times out there play. But here's the thing that happened was that I was watching those comments. Now, your question might be, well, how did he sell out? Here's what, here's what Shaquille O'Neal did. And if you have this magic trick um, in your back pocket, then you can disregard this whole episode. If you don't, this episode is important. What Shaquille O'Neal did was he reached out to a buddy of his, this buddy from New York, this buddy from New York that's pretty damn influential when it comes to NFTs and really everything in this place. He reached out to this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. You might have heard of him. Um, you know, he might have launched a massively successful NFT project called V Friends. Maybe massive amount of books from uh, Crush It to Jab 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 Right Hook to Ask Gary V to uh, Twelve and a Half. And he reached out to Gary and said, "Gary, can we do a Twitter Space?" And guess what? Ten minutes into the Twitter Space with Gary Vaynerchuk, what happened to Shaquille O'Neal's collection? It sold out. Sold. It didn't even sell out. It broke the website on Nifty Gateway. I believe it was Nifty Gateway. It broke the website to to buy the NFTs because when he jumped on the Twitter space with Gary Vaynerchuk, who was the audience that jumped in there? A bunch of us DGens that we understand the value, we understand the support, and we believe in a good cause and a celebrity doing it the right way because there's too many celebrities that jump into this space for the cash grab, for the removal of, you know, of liquidity from our network. And it, sold, it broke the website. But if you do not have the Gary V Twitter space um, you know, back pocket you know, call, if you can't call Gary V and say, hey, I need to do a Twitter space because this collection I, I launched is important and it didn't sell out, we have to take a step back and we have to say, how do I introduce NFTs to my audience long before I sell them an NFT? Because here's the other part of this. If you are educating someone only at the time of the sale, People aren't looking to be educated. They're looking to be like, what am I getting out of it? How much are they asking for me? And is it worth it? But if they actually educate them ahead of time and you bring them into the light before you actually drop your NFT, when you drop your NFT, it's less about educating about the how-to and more about educating on your why. Where I believe most are going to go wrong is that they are going to combine the education of the how-to and the why, which turns into a hot mess of confusion in this NFT space, especially if you're using a sidechain or Solana or any of these other things. The other thing that, that, that Shaquille O'Neal did not do was he did not collaborate with any other artist or any other you know, massive collectors or existing projects because he's freaking Shaquille O'Neal. And I know there's a lot of very... Um, can I say this nicely? Uh, ego-driven uh, fellow author, um, keynote speakers that are going to say, guess what? Guess what, Brian? 
do you, do you know my audience? Like, I'm just going to drop this NFT and they're going to they're gonna sell millions of copies. And some of them might sell out. But I also bet you some of them might say, sell out with a bunch of whales that flip it. And it's not going to be your super fans. It's not going to be your target audience. So here's the thing. I want to help out with this. So I shared this story in a, in a, uh, in a coffee uh, in Discord on my good friend uh, Gary Henderson's uh, Discord channel. You guys, most of you should know Gary. Gary was interviewed here on the podcast. He has the Giraffe Tower. And I shared this story with Gary on the Draft Tower, and Gary said, hey, Fanzo, you open to an idea. And, I mean, he knows me. I'm open to ideas. That's kind of how I work. I said, of course, Gary. Like, what's your idea? And he's like, you know what? This Shaquille O'Neal story is gold. And too many of our friends, too many of our people that have podcasts, that have YouTube channels, that are authors, that have big Facebook groups, that have membership groups, too many of them are going to make the Shaquille O'Neal mistake. And it's going to be bad for them. It's going to be bad for our NFT community. It's going to be bad for really the overall impression because guess what? I can guarantee you people were telling Shaq, well, Shaq, that's why NFTs are, they're full of just like, you know, MLM scamming, piece of crap, crypto people. Like they're just, they didn't even want to support your cause. I'm sure we that Shaquille O'Neal not selling out gave ammo to the haters in a way that you would have never seen before. So for me, when I think about this at the overarching, like why am I doing a daily podcast? Why am I buying an NFT every day? Like I still have to put food on the table for my three kids and, and my business and the team that we have supporting uh, this project. But for me, the education as a whole, bringing us all on this journey is essential. And what Gary said was, hey, Brian, know what you should do? You should create some clips audio clips, some like 30, 60, 90 second audio clips for that are um, kind of evergreen and then reach out to your friends that are authors, that are speakers, that are celebrities and let them know either for a small fee or for free, they can take those clips and start putting it into their community, into their content. Like I already offer, you can actually hire me today to do an ask me anything in your community, both either internally or externally. Like I, I love doing that. I, and you know, Hey, my time is valuable. So there's a, of course there's a price there, but I'm not trying to get rich off of educating in your community. And of course this also does something for me. I'm not going to be, uh, let's not be naive here, right? By me doing these clips and you sharing them in your community, in your audience, people are going to be like, Oh, that's what these NFTs are. Oh, and this, this crazy dude that talks fast, you know, wears a Shaquille O'Neal jersey when he's recording a podcast, um, has a daily podcast. Oh, I might, I, I bet you I should subscribe, subscribe to that podcast. And so that's what I'm going to set up. I am going to set it up. I already recorded two of the clips uh, today, and I'm going to offer that up to, to anyone that wants to kind of jump in on this offer. Now, I will tell you, once the offer kind of, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to put a little bit of a time frame on it, um, you know, because I, I, we launched on 11-11-22. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. I'm going to let people download it. And then once I, once some people that are listening, like you, the listeners, are able to you know, put this out there and educate it, I might put it behind a little bit of a firewall. You might have to have some ADHD coin um, just so that, you know, hey, you're supporting the community by using this content. But I believe if you, if you have an audience today and you want to launch an NFT project, you should think about launching it in the, let's just say, September to December timeframe of 2022, you can do that, but you should start educating your audience and bringing them into the light of Web3, of NFTs, of crypto, of this future today. 
because guess what? People are going to hate it. People are going to be confused. People do not want to change. I mean, I don't know anyone that's anyone that's listening to this right now. Does anyone like when you wake up in the morning, like I really wish there was another social media app for me to learn. I really wish that, you know, Instagram would change their uh, you know, settings again so I can be confused. I really wish, you know, whatever it is, we don't want, we don't want more of this confusion. We don't want more tech. We don't want more social media. We don't want any more of this change. Honestly, we just want to, things to work the way they work. But I do believe people will see the light when they understand that NFTs shift the power from our data being controlled by a platform to the data being controlled by us as individuals. And it also adds transparency in places that need transparency, like what Shaquille O'Neal did. 100% of Shaquille O'Neal's proceeds go to the Shaq Foundation, and he put it on the blockchain to prove that he is better than other charities because he's going to guarantee 100% are going to go to the right people. I mean, he raised $2 million to the Shaq, to his charity. I'm looking at the, uh, at the thing right now. And, and the best part about it is he also created the, the creator fee. The creator fee went to the same wallet to be donated. So he wasn't making money on the secondary sales. So it could be easy for us to loop him in as the celebrity cash grabber. We could easily you know, loop him in as the you know, person that just wants to come in and take advantage, but it's not the case. But I want to tell you, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to walk down the Shaquille O'Neal alley and they're going to believe because they're an author, a podcaster, a speaker, a YouTuber that, oh, don't worry. I'm just going to drop. I'm going to drop an NFT with a three week warning. I'm gonna, I, I know how to market. I'm going to tell them my why. I'm going to tell them what kind of wallet they need. I'm going to tell them what kind of crypto they need. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the problem with that is that you're going to have a Shaquille O'Neal launch and you don't have a Shaquille O'Neal following and you sure as hell don't have a Shaquille O'Neal call Gary Vaynerchuk up and jump on a Twitter space in your back pocket. Now, you might notice I said earlier that Shaq did this the first time, but he did something different the second time. And so let me close by saying this. What Shaquille O'Neal is doing now, he is actually launching an NFT in collaboration with another project on Solana. Now, just to be clear, launching a project on Ethereum, in my opinion, is simplifies the learning curve because so much of the documentation, so much of the videos that are out there right now are about OpenSea, about Ethereum, about MetaMask. But as soon as you go into Solana or you go into uh, Immutable X or to which we min we minted yesterday, we minted uh, the someplace uh, uh, NFT on uh, the Flow blockchain. As soon as you go outside of the mainstream where the audience attention is today, well, now you're adding more complex variables. And so I can tell you, when I saw that Shaq was launching a Solana NFT, and I love Solana, like just to be clear, and I, I, I see a good friend, uh, Lubna is in the uh, Instagram live, and she's like, Solana, uh, Solana is great. I do love Solana. No, lower gas fees. Uh, I will say there's a little bit more noise there. There's a little bit more of like useless transactions that are happening there. But I, I am, I'm not a maxi on, on Ethereum. Uh, I just lean where a lot of the attention is. But we've now minted on 10 blockchains for our project. And just to be clear as well, we minted Shaquille O'Neal's project as part of Mint 365. So on December 22nd, uh, he was actually number 41. Today, we are minting number 117. It's crazy to think about that, right? This is 117 straight days of buying an NFT. But here's the thing. Shaq is launching on Solana, but he teamed up with Astral's. I think that's how you pronounce it. A-S-T 
R-A-L-S. And they are actually dropping on March 9th. And I, I'm not getting paid or promo to this, but I actually, when I started to research it, because I was like, oh man, Shaq is going to have to teach his audience again. But what he did that was smart was he actually teamed up with a group that actually has a DAO that actually un- that is built out some f- workflow for their existing audience. And they've teamed up with Magic Eden, which is the be- in my opinion, the best marketplace on Solana. I actually love you know what Solana can offer in that realm. Now, I know a lot of people talk about Solana not having gas fees. Let's be clear. If Solana had the volume and the type of traffic that Ethereum has right now, um, the transaction fees on Solana would be out of this world. So let's, let's, let's kind of leave that where it's at. And, and who knows what's happening with Ethereum uh, version two. And if you want to remember, my prediction on what blockchains we'll be using a year from now will have nothing to do about which people are maxis on which one. It'll actually have to do with Solana is best for this type of NFT because it's best for gaming NFTs. It's best for NFTs that have a lot of manipulation, a lot of metadata changing, a lot of you know um, the way that the contract's actually used. Ethereum is not actually built best for those type of NFTs. It's why I love projects like MetaWhips that dropped their Genesis collection on Ethereum. They're going to drop their the gaming version of it on Solana. They're also working on like a Polygon uh, version of this as well. But I will say shout out to Shaquille O'Neal because he did it differently this time. He teamed up. They're educating an audience. They're using Solana. They teamed up with a marketplace that has it featured on the Magic Eden drop. And in my opinion, this is just me as a guess, and I'm a futurist, but I'm a futurist that's often wrong and I'm okay being wrong, is that on March 9th, when this episode airs, I believe this product's going to sell out. And you might, you might, you're probably thinking, Brian, bold prediction there, Brian. I mean, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, 50 million followers. But here's the thing. It didn't sell out when he did it on Ethereum on December 22nd. And to be clear, December 22nd, price of crypto and the, uh, the NFT market was still on the rise. We hadn't hit the plateau and the dip. Now, I did see a couple of people in our live comments were asking me about Cardano, um, the, the Matic, uh, you know, and that blockchain. You know, here's the thing with any of the other blockchains. Part of it is you know, what is the marketplace and the audience look like? What is the functionality on a mobile device? And then also, how do we get our crypto in and out? Like for me, when I moved crypto over to the Matic network in my MetaMask, uh, I believe it was to buy uh, the Matrix NFT, which was on, no, Matrix was on the Palm uh, marketplace. We, we've, we've bought a couple ones on Cardano. The problem that I had was even I couldn't figure out how to get that the leftover ETH that I had back to my main net, back to my my normal exchanges. And so there's a lot of complexities there, but I believe they're going to be figured out. I believe over the next year, you're going to see Cardano, uh, Polygon, and you're going to see... Um, you know, Solana, and you're probably going to actually see, you know, Wax and Flow blockchains um, as well kind of figure out these like these some of these like nuances. I mean, Phantom Wallet for anyone that's looking for a great wallet, like maybe you're like, Brian, I want to buy this Shaquille O'Neal NFT. And remember, do your own damn research. Don't put that on me. Um, that's our, our, our message here. And this is not financial advice. But if you do want to do this, I love the, the, the Phantom Wallet is a great wallet from a security perspective, from a user perspective. Um, 
Um, the way that I get my Solana there is, you know, I use you know Crypto.com or Coinbase.com uh, to convert either USD or Ethereum into Solana. I then send Solana from my exchange into my Phantom Wallet, and then using my Phantom Wallet, I can buy um, my the NFTs um, on Magic Eden or on SolCiart or any of the the marketplaces you have over there. But I believe because Shaquille O'Neal learned. That just because you have a massive following, just because you have a massive audience, even just because you have people that are eager to support you does not mean right now that you will sell out your collection. Your collection could be so good, like what Shaquille O'Neal's is, but yet it could actually fail. And it, couldn't, it might not fail because of who you are, what your why is, what your mission is, how you're using NFTs. It could simply fail because you didn't respect the importance of education in this space. Because it's not just education on blocking and tackling. It's not just telling people what buttons to click. It is a mindset shift and a perspective shift that takes a little bit of time to walk people's heads around it. And I don't care if the people have bought crypto before or they collect Beanie Babies. The, the education to, to walk people's minds, because let's face it, any of you that listen to this podcast, you've had your aha moment. But up until you have that aha moment, you're kind of like, these NFTs seem expensive, seem weird. There's a lot going on in this world. Like, I'm not sure what's going, you know. So I put all of that out there to say, don't be Shaquille O'Neal ETH, be Shaquille O'Neal Solana. But more so than anything else, shout out to Shaquille O'Neal, big fan, love to have you on the podcast if you'd ever be interested uh, in doing that. And then I want to wrap this episode on... I got a really interesting note. Um, we got our first one-star review of the podcast. And I, I try my best to not let uh, negative feedback weigh heavier than positive feedback, right? So we have hundreds of reviews and positive reviews. We have you know over 300,000 downloads of this podcast now um, uh, of people that are listening to it every day. But we did get a one-star review. And then I got a one-page email from a gentleman and I'm not going to call him out because he doesn't deserve that attention, but he was very uh, methodical with his feedback. And I want to respect the feedback and put this out there. His comment simply read, and I'm I'm, I'm not even have the, I don't even have the email up because I don't want to make the email the, the point of this conversation. But the point of what he shared was Brian, I've listened to about, you know, a bunch of your episodes up to like episode 20 and your negativity towards the NFT space is so disheartening. It makes me feel like this space is so worthless. Why would anyone want to be a part of this? And why are you even spending time there? You must have like, you, you must just like enjoy the negativity and the, and the, and the downside of this space. Now I thought about this for a second, right? When I, when I got this feedback and you know, the very first episode of this podcast that I dropped was, you know, the idea that just because you have a bored ape, just because you have an invisible friends, just because you have a, a cool cats doesn't make you someone that is a thought leader or trustworthy in this space, right? There's a lot of people that um, quote unquote uh, gain influence based on their profile photo, but yet they couldn't tell you how they did something because they were at the right time or the right place. They got insider information. They are part of an alpha group. They happen to be on clubhouse early on, whatever that may be. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? I do, I often caveat things because here's the truth. I don't, I'm not sure, I don't want to put words into this gentleman's mouth, but I don't think he, he knew or listened 
with an open mind himself. I think ultimately he was hearing what he wanted to hear because I, I will tell you what I tried hard to do is to manage expectations because here's the thing. If you think that I'm negative, why would I change my entire business model? Why would I create content in a way that I would have never done before? Daily NFT podcast. I've grown my team now. We have six employees now that are supporting the podcast, the buying an NFT every day, driving our own NFTs. But here's the thing. I take it on my heart. I take it on very deeply that I do not want to give false expectations. I do not want people to ride the hype train. I do not want people to just buy in and get scammed and get taken advantage of. And also, I've stood by way too many times when people are, are, are early adopters are taking advantage of those that just want to learn. And so I am not negative. I am not, I am actually the opposite. I am so bullish, so all in, so positive, And I believe blockchain will transform the way that we interact in every aspect of our lives. But I am also a very seasoned early adopter. I have been an early adopter where I gained a million plus followers on a platform that disappeared after one year. I am an early adopter that didn't realize I should lean in and, and take, take advantage of being there early. And then when I didn't do it, I got passed by, my throat got stepped on, and people took advantage of me. I've been there when people use complex words and use technology jargon, not because the technology jargon is needed, but because the technology jargon makes you feel less, makes you have to hire me. Like, listen to some of the Twitter spaces. Listen to some of the content. People make things super complex for one damn reason. They want you to feel like you need to hire them or you're not good enough to be in the space. And I refuse to do that. I will translate the geek speak. I will keep it real. I will be authentic. I will tell you how I feel. I will not guarantee that I am right. I am far from perfect. I sure as hell don't know everything. I mean, I said I hope that cryptocurrency doesn't become the very first use case for the blockchain. But at the same time, do not mistake my managing of expectations, my focus on educating, my, my desire to not allow us to kind of fall into the, the rut of like looking for an overnight success when we know overnight successes are not there for the idea that I am not a believer and I am not optimist and I am not here to teach the right way. Because at the end of that email, and, and we're going to move away from this and we don't have to talk about it again, at the end of the email, you know, the person used skiing as a reference and is like, I would never hire someone that was teaching me about how dangerous a mountain is and how bad my skis are and how, you know, how horrible this environment is. I want someone that can actually, you know, inspire me and teach me and let me see the light. Maybe I haven't done as good a job of letting you see the light. But if you take the time, I can promise you, if you go back and listen to those episodes, You'll hear my heart, my passion, my belief, my understanding, the research that I'm doing. I'm researching because there are bad people doing bad things in this world. And no technology, no innovation in the history of time has stopped bad people from doing bad things. But I do believe that if we focus less on the bad people, more about, hey, this is what's going on and this is the right way to do it. And these are the things that we can do to mitigate that risk, to mitigate that loss and not give them the, the notification, then I'm going to do it. And so I'm sorry that that, that that person felt that I was negative. And I will say, I am not for everyone. A lot of people know I talk too fast for so many people. I'm too sporadic for so many people. 
I have way too long of episodes for so many people. And I will, we'll go back to that Steve Jobs quote and I'll leave the podcast with this, right? And I think it's a Steve Jobs quote. I don't want, I don't want to, um, uh, you know, let's, let, I'm, I'm looking at this in real time. I'm going to do the, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the, the Googling on the, before I, uh, you know, attribute this quote to the, um, the wrong person. But no, it is, it is the great, uh, you know, and, and Steve Jobs, you know, take it for what, you know, Steve Jobs was worth, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, wasn't a, you know, amazing human for a lot of other things that he was doing. And I'm not sure I could have, you know, ever worked for him in the bigger picture of it. But a Steve Jobs quote that I love that I'm going to leave you with. Simple can be harder than complex. You have to work hard to get your thinking clean to make it simple. But it's worth it in the end because you get there and you can move mountains. For me, what my goal here is to simplify this complex to remove the technology barrier, to remove the financial barrier to entry. I want to, together, I want to help us all figure this out. And so I know that some of these episodes could be shorter, but guess what? It takes a hell of a lot more work for me to give a three-minute TED Talk than it does for me to give a 60-minute talk. Because to fine-tune things down that simple, it's a ridiculous amount of work. And here's the truth. I'm doing this every single day. And I'm doing my very best. And sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, I like to talk. I like to give multiple examples. I like to reiterate things. And that's my style. And I understand that might not work for some people. Some people can fast forward. Some people can listen in two and a half speed. Some people are only going to want to listen to the episodes where I'm interviewing somebody because then they don't have to hear from me. And you know what? I'm okay with that. My only ask is don't allow your biases, your, your lack of open mindset to polarize your ability to see what is possible in this space. That's my only ask. If you come in with a, a mindset open to what's possible and the, the willingness to shift your perspective and you're not a fan, you don't like the style, hey, to each their own. But I believe you will do a disservice to yourself, to your friends, to those around you. If you bring your biases, your negative, you're, you're looking, because guess what? If you're looking for this Web3 space to suck and be a problem, it's going to. If you're looking for the NFTs to be the scams that everyone, that all the media is talking about, you're going to find the scams. If you're looking for a reason to not change, to be stuck in the, your old ways and to, to blame technology, you're going to find it. But I believe that just standing by or being okay with the status quo or wanting to change the world in the future because we know that the past was broken, but not willing to do anything, you are as much of the problem as you think the blockchain and the NFTs are the problem. If we truly, truly, truly are going to make a difference in this world, if you want to change the world, we cannot do the same damn things we did in Web 2. We cannot bring in the biases. We cannot, not, we have to have more women at the table. We have to have more diversity at the table. We have to make sure that everyone is represented, that, that collections represent non-binary and multiple genres across the board. We need to make sure that if, if, if it is an introverted um, opportunity, we need to make sure as extroverts to give that space to there. Because guess what? If we don't, we are going to run into the same ridiculous Me Too movement, ra- you know, racial um, you know, skewing that we've lived in in this entire world. And there are far too many people that say that they hate the past, they want to change the future, but they're not willing to put in the time or approach an open mindset to what's possible. I challenge everyone. We're, we're not going to force anybody to change, 
but just ask them to listen to your use cases. Ask them to, to, to check this episode out. Shaquille O'Neal is using the blockchain to actually add transparency to a charitable donation, to increase donations, to help the youth and bring about change in communities, shaping a brighter future for children. Shaping a brighter future for children by using NFTs and adding transparency to donations. We need more of that. We need more people that understand the use cases in this space. And once again, Shaquille O'Neal, I'm a fan. Don't hate me. I, I, I'm very glad that the first uh, you know, collection sold out. Excited about your second collection. And I just hope that those authors, podcasters, speakers, creators that are listening to this, don't make that same mistake. Let's educate together. Let's open people's minds together. Use the content that I'm going to create. Feel free to download it, insert it into your courses, insert it into your classes. I got nothing to sell you. There's not a sell there. The thing, only ask that I would have is if you would link back to my podcast if people want to learn more. That's the only ask I have. Link back to my podcast because guess what? I don't think you're doing a daily podcast on NFTs. And if you're doing a daily podcast on NFTs, I would love to collaborate with you. So that's my ask. If, you're doing, if you are in my niche, let's collaborate. If you aren't in my niche, take my content, bring it to your community. The only ask I have is to link back just in case your community wants to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. As always, the podcast is super powered by the ADHD coin over at Rally. If you want to support the podcast, be part of our community, jump over to ADHDcoin.com. Get yourself some ADHD coin. Jump over into our Discord. It is discord.gg slash ADHD coin. And until tomorrow, my friends, make it a good day. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.